Welcome to the Apple A Day podcast. My name is Michelle Apples, and I am so honored and privileged to be your host. If you don't know me, I am the founder of the Christian Singles Hub. At the Christian Singles Hub, we believe in empowering Christian singles with the resources they need to put their faith in action, grow towards greatness, and to date with purpose. We do this in a variety of ways, from retreats, trips, community, workshops, courses, speed dating events, service projects, money monthly challenges, Bible studies, we offer personalized matchmaking services, and so much more. You can check all of that out at our website at thechristiansingleshub.com. We stand on the verse Matthew 6, seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, and knowing everything else will be added onto us. We know here at the Christian Singles Hub that healthy relationships only come from healthy individuals. So we want to help equip you right here, right right now in your season of singleness and leave a legacy for generations to come by helping people become the greatest version of themselves now. Would you join me every Wednesday as we dig deep, we get real, and we talk about all of the things to help us steward our singleness better. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of An Apple a Day. I am not your host today, Michelle Apples. Uh, We got a fun segment for you this month to kick off 2023. So we thought it would be really cool to bring someone else on to take the reins of the Apple a Day podcast and interview me so that you guys can get to know me a little bit better to kick off the year, get to know my heart for some things, and yeah, just really have conversations. We have four different topics for the month of January. We have faith, we have dating, we have growing into greatness, which is three topics we really, you know, evolve our community around. But then we also have an ask anything. So I'm a little nervous about that one, but it's going to be so fun. So I brought on my friend Matthew because he is just a ball of energy. So fun, has such a cool personality. Uh, I've just been so drawn to Matthew because of his just outgoing nature, his just genuine um, love for God and just who he is as a person, his character, his heart. And so I thought he'd be best for the job. So welcome, Matthew. Tell us who you are. And then I'm going to take my hands off and let you take the reins for these podcasts. Michelle, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm ready for this. Uh, just a quick question. Do I have to change my name to Matt Apples? to be the podcast host or maybe you know ma ma it works out (laughs) well everybody my name's matt and michelle was so gracious with her intro Uh, but to let you a little bit about me i'm from canada um constantly trying to leave but live there now (laughs) um and uh i think michelle just honestly she oversold me but she did a great job Uh, i love jesus uh i'm passionate about business um i love just seeing people find their identity and uh, really stepping into everything that God has for them, whatever that looks like, whatever domain they're in, whether that's full-time ministry, whether that's business, whether that's being a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. Um, and honestly, I get to live the best life. I've got the best friends, both locally and over here on Zoom and abroad. I actually got to hang with Michelle and and Helen and some of the crew a few weeks ago. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to do this. It's going to be a good time. So good. I'm so excited. And yes, he does try to leave Canada as often as possible. I think he flew back into Canada, what, yesterday? Last night. Last <laughs> so, night. I, I live on a plane, basically. 
yeah, he's always in Florida or New York or Nashville or California or Texas or all over. So honestly, as long as there's some sun and a bit of warmth, I'm there. It's true. I just feel like I need to work on my tan. That's really what what it's all about. I'm just I mean, always... I'm a lot whiter than you, so <laughs> I think I need to work on my can we, tan. Can we... Can we add a filter on Zoom? Is that an option? Can we do that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Sun filter. So getting into things today, we are going to be talking about faith. And uh, Michelle, like she kind of laid out, we really just want to delve into talking about, if we're honest, Jesus. And um, we've got some questions here, Michelle, that I, I know that you are so good at asking these to other people. And so it's going to be amazing for all of us to kind of peek behind the curtain and delve a bit into your life. You're so good at um, asking the questions that aren't surface level to get in other people's lives. And so let's just get started and find out more about your faith journey. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm so ready. Literally. And I'm so glad we're starting with faith because literally that's what we build everything on in this community, um, on this podcast is like, we want to point people to Jesus first and foremost. Like we stand on Matthew 633, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all will be added unto us. And, and so that's not seeking dating first, you know, as Christian singles, that's not seeking relationship first, but that's seeking God first and truly trusting him and building everything on that solid foundation. So love that we're starting off with faith because that's what we're all about. Yeah, I, I love that. And and I think for us and for the community, you know, when you hear phrases like it's all about Jesus, it's really not a cliche. Just like you said, everything is built on that foundation. And so to give people some context, what did it look like for you when you had your come to Jesus moment? What did it look like when you first had that that encounter with Jesus that changed your life forever? Yeah. So my story is um, a little complicated because I actually grew up in church. And so I did have a sort of like really radical Jesus moment in um, in my youth. And it was at a conference and I just remember like crying and just being broken in front of Jesus. And it was really beautiful. But I also had a really bad experience in church growing up. Like it was your typical legalistic church where having a relationship with Jesus wasn't really on the table. It, it, I didn't even know what that meant, what that looked like, because I was never taught that was a thing. And so, um, and I was treated really poorly in church, if I'm honest, growing up, like, you know, I have a pretty crazy family story and a lot of drama in my family growing up. And because of that, sort of that reputation fell on me in the church. And um, because I was, quote unquote, the pretty girl that did my hair and did my makeup, I just didn't fit in with other church kids. And but I also didn't fit in people in my high school. And so I felt a little misplaced when it came to church. And I just remember, you know, the pastor saying really like crude things to me that should never be spoke to someone at such a, like a young age of adolescence to like, I'm just trying to form my identity. And I just believe like pastors and leaders in church have that ability to really help shape people, especially people that come from a really broken family environment, because they probably haven't seen a lot of healthy, relationships a lot of healthy individuals and and I felt like they they kind of missed the mark on that where they had that opportunity to really shape me and help form my identity through Christ but instead they sort of took that reputation of my family and sort of had just placed it on me as just 
unworthy. And so like, I felt more judged in my church than I did in my high school, which was so crazy because obviously high school like is brutal, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I walked away from my faith basically as soon as I could, like when, when I wasn't forced to go to youth group, forced to go to church anymore, I was like, if this is what church is, I don't want any part of it. If this is what knowing God is, I don't want any part of it. But I feel like because I did have this radical encounter with Jesus um, in my youth that I always sort of carried him with me. Like I always knew that he was there, but I had built such walls up to it. Whereas like people would invite me to church and I literally would want to run away. Or like when I did start going to church again, pastors would come up to me and I literally would run away in the other direction because I was like, uh, I was scared of them. I was scared of how they would treat me. I was scared of feeling that unworthiness again. And and so really like, yeah, it, what really brought me back, it was years later, I was living in Vancouver and, and I started working at this restaurant and I met this, this woman and, and there was just something about her. There was something about her that was just different than other people. And I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know she was Christian. I didn't know she went to church. Like, I didn't know at the time, like she was actually married to a man who was a pastor. Um, and, you know, she just loved me. And she just truly like, was this picture perfect of how Jesus treated so many that were sinners and just like welcomed them to his table. And she just would, you know, love on me and, and welcome me in. And, and there was just something about her and I wanted to hang out with her more. And so the only time she'd ask me to hang out would be she'd be like hey you should come to church and we'll go to lunch after and I was like I want to go to lunch with you so literally I was like ah I want to go to lunch with her but I don't want to go to church but if I have to go to church to go to lunch and hang out with this woman I'm gonna do it because she's just incredible and then I found out obviously her husband which at the time like we were so young I was like how are you married this is crazy um but you know and then um, just them welcoming me in, welcoming me in and just really loving me. And I think the turning point was actually, they had, uh, twins and man, their story. And like, he is actually from Rwanda. He wrote a whole book about how his family res escaped the Rwanda genocide. Like it's like their, their stories are crazy in itself, but then they had twins and the twins were mono mono twins. So they were born in the same sack. Survival was like slim to none. And just watching them walk through this as such a light. Like I have never seen people walk through such, such a trial, such like something that is supposed to be so hard. Yet I saw this light. I saw this faith. I saw this hope. I saw this joy. And I was like, how in the world are you walking through all this? I think she was in the hospital for like hundreds of days or I don't even know how it was a long time. And watching the joy still from them was so, I was so confused. And I was like, whatever it is that they have, I want that. And I don't understand it. I don't know what it is, but whatever they have, I want that. And really when awesome. the twins were born and 
and it was just such a miracle story it was such a god story and and then they started this this small group and later on they told me that they felt they needed to start this small group because of me and to bring me in and then i go to the small group and there was just all these like very ordinary people with different like such different backgrounds such different people like young older couples singles like youth and like they'd all come together and it was just a beautiful picture of the body of Christ and yeah it just really was a turning point for me um which was so it was so intimidating for me to go into that because I was like I don't know the Bible I don't know anything <laughs> like you know but to be you know in a group of people that regardless of my knowledge regardless of of where I come from, regardless that I was still going to the club on Friday nights and coming, you know, to small group the night before, like they just, there was no judgment. There was no condemnation. There was just love. And really like, I just truly believe that we can do a better job at loving people into life transformation rather than shaming them into it. And that's really what they did was they just loved me and certain things that were were part of my life just started falling off because it no longer fit because all of a sudden I'd hang out with these people and I'd feel so refreshed. I'd feel so alive. And then I would go to a club with my friends and be like, this doesn't feel good anymore. Like it just felt different. And so it was just like a beautiful journey of coming back to Christ. And, and ever since then, I've just been sold out. And obviously like my relationship has so strengthened over the years and it's never been this like, Hey, like flawless journey. It's been a lot of ups and downs. And and that's just really the journey of coming to crisis. Like, you know, when you're a child, you drink milk, but now I'm starting to eat that solid food because my, my faith is strengthening and I'm maturing in it. Um, so it really is a journey. It's never just this, this overnight, like all of a sudden you're just this like on fire Christian. It's like, usually it is this like journey into it. And so it was such a beautiful journey. And, and honestly, they are still in my life, people I respect so much and, and just the way they live their life is something I aspire to do every day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's, I think the cool thing about your story is that so many of us, myself included, can put ourselves in your story, right? Uh, whether you were raised in church um, or whether you, you know, you started going recently or it's been a little bit, I think there's that potential for hurt, right? We've all been jaded at some point. Mm -hmm. We've all interact with people because the reality is we're all broken, right? And while we don't excuse that kind of behavior, the truth is it exists, right? We're all fallen. We're all broken. And so as a collection of Christians, as a collection of people who are broken, there's always the ability for that to happen. What I want to ask you is, you know, in our culture right now, it is super commonplace for people to experience hurt, experience disappointment, get jaded and live out of that jaded place. Mm. And whether it's putting people on blast on the internet or just living bitter, it seems, especially right now, in your faith journey that you've come such a long way and that the fire is there, you're passionate, you're helping lead other people. Why didn't you go the way that so many do? Yeah, I think like, well, A, you have to have that personal intimate relationship with Jesus. And I think ultimately that needs to be number one. That's not in a church building. At the end of the day, I, I love church. I love the body of Christ. I love, you know, what the church is is, is doing, but they are broken people. They are broken people. The pastors are broken people. We're all, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. 
right? And so if you don't have that personal relationship, you are easily going to fall off based on offense. You're going to fall off based on someone hurting you because we're human and we're flawed and we're not perfect and we'll never be perfect. And there, and people like people are complicated and people carry a lot, especially these days. Like we, a ton of people come from broken families or things that happened in childhood that they haven't quite healed from and broken people like hurt people, hurt people. Right. And so at the end of the day, we've all been hurt in one way or another. And that's just inevitable that we're going to hurt some people in our lifetime, even if we never have that intention to, you know, I could say something that I I think is fine, which could be, you know, I hang out with a lot of sensitive people and I say a lot of dumb things, you know, and it's, it's really, but if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, like you will base your faith off of broken people, not off of a perfect savior. And I think that's key is just like, Hey, if you get in your prayer closet, get in your time with God, really build that that relationship with him, get to know who he is and what he says about you. Because then when offense does come, you're much easier to recognize it and you're easier, it's easier to shake it off because you have that relationship with God. Like I go to God about other people all the time and he convicts me about all the things I'm doing wrong. Let's be real. And so I think that's the key is like being open to growth, being open to knowing that like, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. I can be very stubborn. I know that's like uh, something that I need to work on. And so typically when I go to him about other people, he's like, Michelle, you have a stubborn heart. You need to work on that. And so, you know, I think like not expecting people to be perfect, not putting people on a pedestal that they were never meant to be on not pe- you know people may be on platforms but they're never supposed to be on pedestals and so just really humbling yourself before the lord knowing we're not perfect we're flawed and just be open to that growth but also having that personal relationship with jesus is ultimate it's number one and it needs to be yeah i, I love that um you know I, i've heard it said that it's really hard to hate somebody that you're praying for and uh, I've actually, you know, put that to practice into my life where, you know, there's big people in my life that I'm like, I do not like you. I want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And the moment I started to commit to pray for them, it is crazy how your heart starts to shift. And that part of you that you're willing to surrender, you actually start to see people for who they are. And that's that they're God's kids, right? Yeah. And that they're just like us and we're all broken and we all need Jesus. And uh, I just love that. I love how you worded that. It's really, really yeah, that's, that's so good. I also like even a step beyond that, like I pray for people, but then if there's like, you know, in my line of work, like sometimes there can be like comparison or like competition or like all of a sudden you don't like people and you don't know why you don't like people, you know, and you're like, I don't even know them. Like, why do I feel this way? I start blessing them. Like, Mm. hey, how can I bless them? How can I support what they're doing? How can I champion them? That might be praying for them. That might be like, I remember one time someone had just released a book and I just was feeling all this competition. And and I think it was because so many people were coming to me being like, oh, you know, they're doing this or you're so much alike, but, you know, and it was just like all these voices. And I just went and like bought like 10 copies of their book and started giving it out to people because I'm like, if I'm busy blessing Uh them and supporting them, the enemy can't come and filtrate that into, into being something else. And so Mm. it's like, commit to praying for people, but also like go beyond that too, because like faith, like without works is dead, right? Like stepping into that and saying, Hey, I don't want to live in this, like this comparison. I don't want to live in this, like 
I don't like someone and I have no reason for it. And so it's like, hey, how can I bless this person? Whether it's even like commenting on their Instagram and being like, you know, supporting them, encouraging them, like fighting for them instead of with them or against them. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's so good. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the things you said when you were when you were talking about your faith journey was um, the catalyst that was that small group. And I just want to go into that for a second. Um, You know what? Right now, we obviously live in an era where uh, technology is amazing. Uh, We're on, you know, we're on Zoom right now recording, and there's obviously going to be an audio version of this podcast, but um, things like online church, things like, um, you know, the Bible app, people can live a faith that is, I'm just reading the Bible, or I'm just going to online church. But you gave language to how much being community helped your faith journey. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's so important to get around. You know, the Bible is so clear that iron sharpens iron. And like the people that God has placed in my life so strategically to help me and help, like, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing right now or walking the way I'm walking right now if I hadn't been around. Like, like, you know, I was saying, I was talking about that couple, like that couple gave me vision for my future relationship. But also if I wouldn't have been able, if I wouldn't have been around healthy couples, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now and know what healthy couples look like and healthy relationships look like to be Mm -hmm. doing what I'm doing. I would have been doing it from a broken place because I would have never seen that healthy relationship to have that example of like, oh, this is possible. And so it's like, people are like, I believe that people are here to equip you. And I think getting around different people, not people that just walk and talk and look like you, but getting around people that have different backgrounds, different cultures, getting around people. Like, I, I just believe like the body of Christ needs to be like, Hey, I need to be around those older people that can instill that wisdom into me. Those Amazing. couples, those married people, those older, like the grandparents generation where they have so much knowledge and wisdom because they lived so much longer than I do. But I also do need to get around people my age and, and around in my season, like I, and I believe like Christian singles getting together and being able to understand and relate to the, each other and to walk with each other and to be able to, you know, share our burdens and pray for each other. And, and then also like getting around those like spunky little kids that literally like the amount of like younger people I've seen right now, just on fire for Jesus. And with such a boldness that I think I've been not in so much in tune to as I get older that they teach me, wow, look at that boldness they have. They just walk up to people and start praying for them. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I need to be around that because that heightens my boldness and my faith by watching them just be so obedient to the word of God and the voice of God. And so, and then like getting around kids because they have that childlike wonder that like the Bible talks about uh, that we should all have that childlike wonder and just being able to just observe and and love on children like Jesus loved children and so I feel like that's the body of Christ and that's how we were meant to live like we were never meant to do life alone and I think you can learn so much and it can change the trajectory of your life just by getting around community getting in community and and not just getting around people that look talk walk like you in the same season as you, but actually getting around people that look different than you as well. So I love community. I think it's so important just to get around people um, and just glean that wisdom from anywhere you can get it from. 
Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I love about the, the platform, the ministry that you've built, you know, again, in a day and age where it's so easy to just, you know, go on an app or, you know, just, just go talk to anybody, this idea that we are better together. And, you know, when we come together in community, like you said, iron, sharp, sharp, iron sharpens iron. And um, really this, this idea that we can grow together, you know, there are people that can speak to my past. There are people that can speak to my present and there are people that can speak to my future. And, um, all of those come in different shapes and sizes, all ages and stages. And I think you gave really beautiful language to just how important that is to our walk and that we were never meant to do this alone. Yeah. I love that. Like, you know, even around our community, because we are more community minded than we are like dating minded. Like, yeah, we want you to meet someone obviously, because this would be a great place for you to meet someone because they're doing the work they're walking in community, they're healthy, like they're growing, you know, and, but we've seen so much like change in people and growth in people. And I think that's like, what I love in our community is when people come to me and say like, their lives have been transformed through the power of the community that, you know, God has created through me. And I love that, like people have taken like such bold steps of faith because of the encouragement of this community. Like we have one of our leaders, she's going off to Cambodia at the end of the year and another leader stepped into a full-time ministry position. And, you know, another leader is doing this and that. And like, it's just amazing to watch the growth that people have had by just plugging into community. And so like, you can either choose to just stay the same, or you can choose to surround yourself by people who will challenge you, who will help you grow, who will walk with you and alongside you. And, you know, I just think of one of the girls, she's been going through six months of trauma and trial after trial and like really really hard stuff and the amount of calls that I've gotten on with her and prayed with her and now we're on the other side where she literally the other day called me and she was like I feel like something just broke off me and wow. all of a sudden there's this joy and there's this light that I haven't had for six months like it's been a hard six months for this girl and you know and even last night she's messaging me and she's like let's get on a call because all this stuff is happening and I need to share it with you and that's the power of community is like she could have so easily isolated in that season because it's so easy and that's what the enemy wants he wants us to isolate but because she didn't and she's had all these people praying over her and praying for her and getting on prayer calls and walking alongside her now she's seeing the testimony on the other side of the goodness of God and just seeing him in such a radical way she hasn't experienced and I believe she's going to go into even new levels because of that and so it's like whatever whether that's walking through the good or the bad with community I think it's just so important to have those people who are willing to hey pray for you and not all community is good community you know, at the end of the day, getting people around people that aren't afraid to pray over you, aren't afraid to get on a call and say, hey, I need prayer. Let like, well, are you willing? Are you able to pray for me? hundred percent. Call me. We'll pray. You know, getting around people that aren't afraid to share their faith. Like I just think of Paul in the Bible when he's like, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Getting around people that literally are saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to proclaim my faith in Jesus. And, you know, there are a lot of people that's I think you know I got a word last week and it was really about people just existing and not really like moving forward and I feel like I've walked with a lot of people that also have felt like they needed to prune people out of their life because you know they they she you know God's trying to do something new in this person and this person's like not really living out their faith 
And so is it going to hold you back or is it going to actually push you forward and finding those people that, you know, and that's not going to be every season. Like, obviously, you know, if I'm going through a really hard season in my life, it's really hard to push someone else. But, you know, it's, it's, are the, are these people in my life, are they making my life better? Are they pointing me towards Jesus or are they actually holding me back from all God wants me to be and all God wants me to do? Wow. All really, really good questions. And I think a lot of questions that sometimes we don't, we don't take the time to actually ask ourselves and maybe reflect on. So I love that. That's really, really good. Um, something that's kind of been interwoven in this conversation. I mean, we started talking about how important Jesus is, um, but you mentioned it earlier as well. Um, relationship with Jesus. What does that look like for you? Right. Relationships take on so many different forms. They look so different for so many people, but when it comes to your time with him, your alone, mm-hmm. time, what does that look like? That intimate, that raw, why don't you, why don't you walk us through a little bit what that looks like, just so people can have a bit of a scope and maybe also just kind of reflect on what their own time with Jesus looks like. Yeah. I think like, number one, I just make it a non-negotiable where it's like, Hey, and w- if I go like even a few days without having that, I notice a difference in myself. Like I notice it. And mm. so it's like to be able to do the work that he's called me to do, to put my best foot forward. It's just a non-negotiable in my life that I need to spend time with him. So I think number one is making it a non-negotiable. I think we live in such a busy world that it's easy to prioritize other things above it. But when you start making something as a non-negotiable in your life, that's when it sticks, you know? And so my time with him is just non-negotiable. And that, you know, I journal every day. Um, I have, I actually have two journals. One is a journal that I literally just write love letters to God every day. And it's just beautiful because it's my, me being able to talk to him and just pour out my heart. But then I also take time soaking in his presence because I want to hear what he has to say. And if I'm always the one doing the talking, am I actually hearing what he's so saying? good? And I think that's so important because I think so often we just go to God with this list of requirements, this list of like, we go to him like he's a magic genie. Like, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? But I'm like, God, what is your heart? What is on your heart? What do you want to reveal to me? What do I need to know? Um, And just spending time in his presence, getting to know who he is and what his heart is, is just something that I prioritize now that I think in the past I didn't do so much of. Um, And then reading his word, obviously like his word is active. It's alive. I could read the same verse 10 times and get something different every single time. And so it's like, that is the truth. Like, I don't know how many times I've had dreams where like, I've literally been spoken to in dreams of like, go read this verse or like, or like scripture come to mind that I didn't even know I had memorized. And I'm like, oh, this is the importance of spending time in the word because it's actually being consumed in me that in a way that I don't even realize, like subconsciously it's yeah. being consumed and ingrained in me that now I have scripture to stand on when something happens. Like God, and it's beautiful because God actually gives me a scripture every month. And it's been something that he's done this whole year. And to be able to look back and see how those scriptures really did did play into that month or you know if if it's going to be a hard month he gives me like a battle scripture of like oh this is what I need to go back to every time I have something going on that doesn't feel good or something that's a trial I can stand on this I can stand on his word and so really spending time in his word and and that looks different sometimes that's devotional sometimes that's just reading straight through sometimes that's just picking a book and and just kind of getting into it 
Um, and yeah, and then I go to a prayer typically with my church. Um, they do on Thursdays for two hours. And that's really just so beautiful on Thursdays to just really just be with other people and praying and just it's it is such an intimate thing, even though other people are around, it's very much um, just a, that one on one just time with Jesus that is so un, uninterrupted. I think like at home, it's so easy, like dogs are barking or neighbors are knocking or something's going on or like my room's a mess and it's easy to be distracted. But going into that environment where there's literally nothing to distract me and just mm. spending that time with him is so important. And then plugging into church, you know, getting in community like we've talked about is so important and and just like the amount of people that have spoken over to over me over words you know that have actually like I've been able to stand on or encourage me with different things has been so great as well in my walk and so yeah just totally making it a non-negotiable and then not just having a list of requirements for God but really asking what his heart is yeah I'm something I love that you touched on you know I always make the joke to people I say you know God's not your cosmic vending machine right? You, mm -hmm. you don't get to put a dollar in and say, yeah, C3, I would love that. That'd be amazing. God, if you could just make it look like that. And one of the things that really stuck out to me as you were talking is that your relationship with Jesus in your alone time is actually much more about what he wants to say to you than what you want to say to him. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that it isn't, there isn't dialogue, that there isn't conversation, but I love that you take the time. And if I can just quickly also just speak to everybody, especially the men, but, but everybody, um, that whole notion of journaling and actually just writing love letters or actually just writing what you hear God saying, guys, if, if we could all just take the time to do that, I think that that's such a beautiful way to actually just say law, just to pause and breathe and actually take in, okay, God, what is it that you want to say to me today? Mm -hmm. What's what the creator of the universe who literally could be doing anything right now. What does he want to say to me today? And I just think the fact that you do that is so beautiful. And I, I think it's, it's something that we all truthfully should put into practice. Yeah, I actually have two journals. So I was saying I have two journals and they're actually right here. And so one of the journals is like, I just write love letters to God. Like, this is my heart. Like, you know, God, like, and it's, it's more of a praise to him than it is a prayer. It's like, if you read through it, it's more of like, man, I'm so thankful for you. You know, God, you are worthy to be praised. Like it's me just pouring out affection to God. And then this other journal I have, and I started it this year, which has been really cool. And I highly recommend it is anything that I feel God speaking to me. I write it in here. Why? Mm. Because the amount of times I've been able to go back and stand on things that God has spoken when I'm going through a hard time or just remember, oh yeah, God spoke about this. Oh yeah, this is God's heart. Oh yeah, like literally has saved me so many times walking through trials that I can go back and stand on what he said or stand on the scriptures okay. he's highlighted. Yeah. And literally it has transformed my year by doing that. And I highly recommend it. And I also, I want to highlight too, is like people give me words so often and, and people always come to me and be like, why do you always get so many words from God? Because I pay attention to them. You steward them. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, yeah, like we need to be a good steward. Like if God is speaking and I'm just like, oh, okay, like maybe, maybe that was for me. Maybe it's not, even if it's not God, even if I miss here, even if I misinterpret, I want to, I would rather be wrong and write it down than just completely ignore it. Right. And so it's like, if I'm being a good steward and saying, Hey God, I'm paying attention. 
it's like if you have a friend like Matthew, you and I are talking, right? And you're talking to me and I'm just tuned out. I'm not listening. Are you going to continue to talk to me? Probably and not. You're going to go find someone who actually is going to listen to you. Like, that's how I like to look at my relationship with God, too. It's like, hey, if I'm just not ignore, if I'm just ignoring him, like, do you, do it, is he going to want to continue to talk to me? Is he okay. going to, you know, and I think that's why God talks to me in so many ways, through so many people, through scripture, through his word, through dreams, through visions, through all these things is because I like, I am so intentional about, okay, God. I'm listening. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to pray into it. And I'm going to believe that if you said this, you're going to confirm it. And he always does. Whenever he says something, he confirms it either in his word or through someone else. And it's literally usually word for word of something he spoke to me. And I'm like, whoa, uh, it's amazing. And it just builds my faith too, because I'm like, oh, God does speak. This yeah, of is course. amazing, you know? And so, yeah, I love that you highlighted that because I highly recommend it. It has been life-changing for me. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I just think it's so funny because, and you know, we've all done it at different stages, but I just think it's so funny how far removed we are from thinking that it's like, I would never treat someone like this. I would never do this in any of the relationships in my life, whether platonic, romantic, family, I would never do that. But then we come to God with this approach and we're like, well, well, I don't hear anything or it, it feels, it feels silent. It feels, it feels quiet. And it's like, you would never do this in any other domain in your life, but somehow relationship with Jesus, that's that's something we compartmentalize, a different box. Mm -hmm. Totally. But going off what you were saying, um, what do you feel that God's been saying to you lately? What, is there anything that you want to maybe highlight that you feel like God has been speaking to you specifically on that would be good for people to kind of lean into right now in this season? Yeah, I mean, and I just, I just actually made a reel about this the other day, but God's really been highlighting the word purity to me. And I always hated that word. Like literally, if someone came to me purity and talked about purity, like I cringed at it because it has always been taught to me in a context of sexual purity. And like as someone who has a past who, you know, I'm not a virgin. I wish I was, but I'm not. And so when people come to me, it automatically paints this like I'm not pure because of the context that it has been played to me so many times over. And God's really just been showing me like purity is literally just going back to his original design. You know, it's this wholeness that he wants. And, and I just believe that God really wants to take people back to his original design and how he really, really just intended for us to be. And that really looks like, like God cares more about our heart posture than anything else you yeah, know it's wow. so evident I remember reading through the Old Testament like a while back and Old Testament can be hard to read sometimes you know and it was just so clear to me reading through being like wow God really just cares about our heart he cares mm. about our heart posture he cares you know and and purity to me like thing something that God has been revealing is just like entering into everything with a pure heart like in my relationships, am I doing something out of a pure heart or am I doing something because I can gain something from being friends with this person or I can gain something from this relationship or I can get something from this person or am I, am I entering into it with a pure heart? And that's the same for business and career and ministry and any aspect of my life, just entering it into, okay, God, is my heart pure in this? Like any business opportunity that comes my way or any open door 
doors. It's like, okay, is my heart pure? Am I, am I longing for the desi desires of this world or am I longing for the desires of your kingdom? And so that's really something that I just believe that he's speaking to me about for 2023 is like everything that I do has to be um, from a place of purity and doing it out of a pure heart. And that's stewarding everything well that he has gifted me. And so it's been beautiful just to see that redeeming of that word based on what he has to say about it, not what people's idea of what purity means. Yeah, I love that you made that distinction. Because again, and going back to what we just talked about, it's like, it's us actually who makes these, these boxes, these compartments, physical, spiritual, emotional. And it's not that God doesn't care about all of those things, mm -hmm. right? But we're the ones who are like, oh, purity in sexuality, purity in this. And God looks as like, I'm actually just so interested in your wholeness. Yeah. You, the composite whole, you are who I'm interested in. In your heart, that's that's the engine room. That's yeah. what matters most. It's not that we can't, you know, I go to the gym because I do care about my physical health. 100%. But much more important than my physical health, God's like, yeah, but I just care about you healthy. All 100%. Yeah, I love that too, because like another thing he's been really speaking to me about is like, you know, living in the spirit and living in the flesh, they can't coincide. They can't be like, if you're living in the spirit, you can't be living in the flesh. And so like the more that we're living in the spirit, the more that overpowers the flesh, you know, like light always overpowers darkness. And so it's like, hey, and that's how we get to have wholeness is like, living in the spirit because that's going to overcome all of those fleshy things and mm -hmm. so it, it's just so beautiful to just see him revealing the, these things that like okay if you're struggling with something how like you know i think in like the context i've been taught is like you know when we're talking about sexual purity we think of it like oh my gosh god is like keeping me from this or like whatever but it's like no 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 god is like protecting you from something you know and that's really like he wants you to live in the spirit and do things in the way he originally intended them to, because he knows better than we know. He, he knows the full story. He knows like, you know, as someone with the past, like the hurts that I've went through and the trauma that I've went through and things I've dealt with in my past because of living in a way that God never intended for me to live in. And now on the other side, I can see, okay, this was what God was trying to prevent by putting these things in place. And so Really, if we're entering into everything with a pure heart, that means honoring people, that means treat, loving people, treating people with integrity, valuing people's, you know, like going back to the physical, like valuing people's bodies, valuing purity for other people, not just for yourself. Like I value this person for like, and I want them to be how God intended that they're designed to be in his image, not just me. And that's entering into a pure heart, right? And so it doesn't mean that sexual purity isn't a good thing. Like God has obviously put rules and regulations around that for a specific reason, but it's like, there's so much more than that. It means, hey, I'm not going to Matthew and being his friend because of what I can get from him. But yeah. how can I serve him as a friend, as as someone who I trust, as someone who um, is, is a son of Christ? And so, yeah, it's just been beautiful to just see like God, just how, what God's heart is really. Oh, so good. And we're going to wrap up in a second, but two things really stuck out to me there. I love that. I, someone gave me an analogy a long time ago about the whole spirit versus flesh dichotomy. It's this idea of two escalators. You know, you go to the mall. I love the mall. Michelle, I know you love them. <laughs> okay. And you know, you, you go to the mall. I hate the mall, but that's cool. <laughs> really? Really? Don't, 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 don't lie to the people. I know you. 
<laughs> Anytime you go to the mall, there's these two escalators, right? Side by side, one going up, one going down. And it's like this whole idea of spirit and flesh. It's like you, you couldn't survive being on two escalators. You couldn't survive one foot on the other. It would tear you apart. Pick a lane, right? Yeah. And it's that this idea, you can't live in both. Uh, it will destroy you. And you don't know better than you think you do. So pick a lane. And uh, the second thing that stuck out to me that we were just talking about, um, really on this, this idea of purity and this idea of wholeness, it's like, I often find myself, you know, like, cause I, I I'd, I'd go in these seasons. I don't know if you can relate, but I would go through these seasons where I'd be like, Oh God, you're keeping me from this. You keep me from this. And I'd start to have this, like this view of God that he was just keeping me from all these things. And there's a degree of that. That's true. But someone really challenged me on my attitude. And they basically throw out this idea. They're like, why don't you stop asking yourself what he's keeping you from and start asking yourself what he's keeping you for. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I remember my attitude shift there where I was like, whoa, it's not that I'm actually missing out on all these things, even though there's a degree of that. It's actually that the long-term holistic whole view that he has for my life is just so much greater than I'm willing to see right now. Yeah. And I need to take a step back and be like, oh, purity is not abstaining from a few things. Purity is pure, unadulterated connection with you, God. That's what you want. Yeah. And so it just made me think of that. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really that, good. No, that's so good. Because I think too, like, you know, obviously our community has attracted a lot of like singles over the age of 30. And I think like, as they're like, got it, like they're, they've waited for so long for their spouse that they're like, God is just keeping him from me or keeping her from me. And it's like, no, 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 God, God's big picture for your life. You cannot see, mm. but you can choose to trust. Yeah. And that's why I think like going back to like having that personal intimate relationship, like you get to know his character and you get to know the goodness and the grace and the love that he has for you. And then it's, it goes from, oh, he's not keeping me from something. He's actually protecting me. He's actually wants more from me. He actually, if he gave me that's whatever I'm desiring right now, I wouldn't be able to keep it. I wouldn't like, I'm not equipped for it yet because there's something he needs to do. Yet a lot of people, I think, are not paying attention. What is God trying to teach you in that waiting period? What, how is God trying to prepare you? And are you actually following, following in obedience? Because he's never going to give you something you're not ready to handle. And like, it's true because like, I, I was talking to someone recently and God's asking them to do a lot of things. And I just said like, yeah, but you're not walking in obedience to that. I said, okay, if you're not walking in obedience to what God is asking you to do right now, how the heck are are you going to walk in obedience when God gifts you his most precious possession of a wife? Hmm. Like at the end of the day, God loves his people. God Hmm. loves his people. And so it's like, Matthew, why, if you're not stewarding the things in your life that God has asked you to steward right now, why the heck is he going to give you something such so beautiful, so precious as a wife, as his daughter, if he knows you're not going to be able to steward it well, because you haven't been obedient to what he's already called you to. And I think that's so important. So start asking yourself, like in this waiting period, what is it God is asking me to do right now? And now I need to do it because if I'm faithful with the little, I'll be faithful with much. And he's not going to give me the much if I can't even uh, do what he's asking me to do right now in the little. And so I think it's just so important that, hey, let's tune in, not be in this place of like God's withholding from me, but what is God, how is God preparing me for it? 
and then step into that. Really good. And just to clarify for everyone watching, uh, Michelle wasn't calling me out. She was just giving an example. Just want to make <laughs> No, Matthew is a great up. steward of so and many things. He is an amazing man of God. And I know his wife is coming soon. hundred percent. So kind. You are so kind. It's true. It's going to happen. Uh, so I think this conversation has been amazing. It's been so insightful. I know I've really enjoyed even learning a few more pieces than I knew about you from this conversation. So before we end though, we're going to shift. We're going to do a, a little bit of fun stuff. Are you, are you in for questions? I'm, I'm ready for fun. Okay. Okay. So we're going to play a little game called this or that. I'm going to okay. name, I'm going to name categories, this or that. And most of them are going to be pretty straightforward. Occasionally I'm going to be like, Michelle, why? Because I'm going to be okay. like, mostly because I disagree and I think it's fun, <laughs> cool. but I'm going to ask why. So this or that, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Go. Vacation or staycation? Both. Can I choose both? No, no, you can't. <laughs> Why are you trying to find loopholes? Okay, vacation. Check. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. I don't Net think I've ever watched Hulu. <laughs> you live in America now. You need to get acquainted <laughs> with Hulu. So good. Night or morning? Morning. Okay, here's one. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and famous. Why? I think you can do much more when you have influence, you know? Like rich, great, I can outpour to other people. But like famous, it's like when you have influence, like you can make impact. I think like, you know, going back to my childhood, I always wanted to be like an actress growing up. And But when people would ask why, it wasn't like, oh, I got to play characters or whatever. It was like, because I want to make an impact. So I think if you're famous, you have the influence to do that. Uh, just as a side note, uh, not just as a kid, Michelle actually was a professional actress. Yes, I uh, was. And if you go hunting online, you will find. <laughs> find the things. <laughs> find her, her famousness, okay? Feel free to ask for an autograph. I made a joke once. I was like, can I just get an autograph, like a picture of you? She sent it to me. I have it. I legit I did. I had, well, it was funny because when you asked for it, I got an email from someone I had no idea who they were asking for an autograph photo. And so I'll send out both autograph photos at the same time. I'm like, okay, if this I'm, is what I, you're asking for. I'm keeping it in this podcast in case you you cut me from life. Just so I was, <laughs> I was friends with that girl. We were friends. <laughs> Oh, I'd never cut you from life. You're too good. <laughs> Passenger or driver? Passenger. Really? I mean, I, I, okay. Depends. It depends who's driving because I like to be in control. But also as a passenger... I like to be able to look around and see things. And I can't do that when I'm driving because I'm such a like intentional driver. Now, not that this has anything to do with anything, but you live with a roommate. How she is a driver? Just quickly. Oh, no, she's crazy. She's okay, crazy, okay. but she'll probably get mad at me that I said that on this podcast. We will not edit that out. We won't. <laughs> we won't. Art museum or history museum? Art. Car or bike? Car. Train or airplane? Airplane. Dodge a bullet there. Okay. The last one and the most important one. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. I don't drink coffee. Do you love the Lord? 
<laughs> you already in your life literally he's given me enough energy without it though so i'll take it <laughs> yeah, i feel like it's a rite of passage though like i feel like christians do two things they either hang out at restaurants too long or they say let's go hang out at a coffee shop literally but that like i'll go to a coffee shop for sure but like i've never liked the taste of coffee i've tried many times people always think they can change me and to like coffee and i'm like I don't even like like mochas or like anything that's like watered down coffee, like ice caps, like in Canada, that's a Tim Hortons thing, like any of that. I don't like it or like even coffee flavored, like chocolate or anything like yeah. I do not like it. I used to hate coffee so much that when I was forced to drink it, I would get four cream and four sugar. And my mom would literally turn around and she'd be like, do you want some coffee with that? <laughs> I was like, I, I get but it. But now you I like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. This is a really bad quick story. When the pandemic happened and started here in Canada, we were locked in our homes for a little bit. And I'm a huge extrovert and I live alone. And I was starving for people. And there was only like so many FaceTimes. I was on FaceTime like nine hours a day. So I started to drive around to coffee shops uh, through the drive throughs and just make friends with baristas. And I was, I was like, I was like, I just want somebody to talk to. And so I would like, or I'd order coffee. I'd be like, I'd have three coffees back to back. And now I'm addicted to coffee. So yeah, it's a bit That's of a problem. So but funny. I could totally I made a lot of I made a lot like, of barista I friends. I just want to make friends. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I would literally sit in the drive-thru and, I, and then like I was like, I was talking to somebody once and she was like, she's like, there's no one behind. Do you just like want to keep chatting? I was like, Yeah, great. Let's just keep talking. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. Our first episode's done. Michelle, anything you want to say? Anything you want to add to kind of wrap it up? No, thank you so much, Matthew, just for coming on. I knew you'd be the one for the job. You're just so naturally talented as a as a podcast host. So you should definitely think about starting your own podcast. Thank you. I will get a reference letter from you for sure. <laughs> we'll do for sure. And thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of an Apple a day podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to like it, subscribe, or maybe even send it to a friend. It helps us so much. If you're single, make sure to check out our website at thechristiansingleshub.com and sign up for our e-newsletter. So you're up to date with all our events, our retreats, our courses, workshops, and so much more. Or you can join our exclusive community at community.thechristiansingleshub.com. We absolutely love to hear from our listeners. So feel free to reach out to our Instagram account at the Christian Singles Hub, or you can reach me directly at Michelle Apples. We would love to talk to you. We would love to hear your thoughts or answer any questions you may have. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for another episode of An Apple a Day. And in the meantime, we love you, God bless you, and the best is yet to come.